Hey, Bob Squad. We've got an exciting episode lined up for you today. We're going to talk about Bovink's teaching on miracles from wonderful works of God and what that has to do with modern movements like Bethel Redding. But first, as promised, we are going to announce now the winner of our Bob Stakes giveaway. The winner of a copy of James Eglinton's Bob Inc., A Critical Biography is Stuart. Congratulations, Stuart. Check your email and we'll get that prize out to you. Thank you to everyone who entered. Thank you for supporting Bobcast. And now here is episode 26. Bobcast. 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 This is the Bobcast. A podcast exploring Reformed theology through the works of Herman Bovink. Welcome to another exciting episode of Bovcast. I am Andrew Smith. <laughs> Caleb. Oh, sorry, I'm Caleb Castro. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, exciting episode. Yes. No, sorry. I'm Caleb Castro. Well, somebody came to play today. <laughs> I had bourbon. <laughs> So as we mentioned at the end of our last installment on Wonderful Works of God, we're going to talk about miracles. Caleb, do you believe in miracles? I believe in miracles. What is wrong? You sexy thing. Wait. Weird flex, No, but I okay. don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that rather uncomfortable note, let's dive in. So we've been talking about miracles and we've been talking about even the relationship between miracles and providence bovink has a very good quote here at the bottom of page 52 he says the so-called miracles are nothing but a special manifestation of that same divine power which works in all things this power is operative in various ways makes use of different means secondary causes according to different laws and therefore with varying results so what does that mean well what it means Basically, the atheists, the deists, and so forth, those that would say there is nothing acting outside of natural laws, they're operating on that presupposition, and it's a completely hostile presupposition. It's completely against God, because, you know, as we confess, God, through his providence, even the things that appear natural and ordinary, they are outworkings of God's creating and sustaining power. It's just basically the question then becomes, like, whose laws? Because they say, well, the laws of nature dictate this well we would say that the laws of nature themselves are a part of god's providence and then god's providence governs all things and that god is free to act through his creation as he sees fit but there can be a tipping of the scale to the opposite extreme from there is no supernatural there is no miracles, there is no special act of God in creation to not only are there these things, but these things should be normal and we should expect them and we should seek them out and we should try to do them. We see this very commonly today in various Pentecostal and charismatic movements where they are trying to practice miracles and various things of that sort. You know, there's plenty of examples on those who take this kind of position. You know, naturally, what we'll call them, you know, the charismatic and Pentecostal views. You know, we're not necessarily picking on continuationists, uh, those who simply just believe, okay, miracles as spiritual gifts like healing and prophecy and so on have continued. We're not necessarily just speaking about that. We're talking about the charismatic Pentecostal, if you will, denominations or movements. 
And these have been around for a very long time, you know, all the way back into even the first couple centuries of the church, 200, 300 AD with the Montanists movement. There's a natural inclination for man to want to see miracles and bring these kind of apostolic scriptural miracles as a norm. You know, we want something tangible. We want to see the effects and the power of the spirit moving visibly. Today, now, one of the most popular groups some of you may know is Bethel Church in Reading, amongst others such as Hillsong, Elevation Church. Just by way of a little history, I have some background with Bethel Church in Reading. I had grown up in the vineyard. We used to watch, you know, Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, uh, all these Word of Faith preachers on our TV. By the time I was in my late teens, I heard about something called Bethel Church and Jesus Culture. I was told, okay, there's some really awesome things going on up there. There's these divine movements, uh, the Lord showing up in mighty, powerful ways. Angel feathers are dropping from the sky, gems and, and rubies, diamonds, these kind of things just manifest out of thin air, gold dust in the air. You know, they're, they're experiencing a big revival fire. So I went up there to go check out Bethel and I pretty much got involved with them for about two and a half years, constantly commuting up there a couple hour drive on the weekends. Yeah, I mean, I was all around all the things of people falling on the ground. I, I've done it myself, wiggling around speaking in tongues and barking like animals, uh, all this kind of stuff. I mean, you just wouldn't think of in connection to Christianity. I would pay money to see this, but no. <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, and I wish I could get it back. No, I mean to see you do this. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, <laughs> if we get a Patreon set up, we can put that in the uh, in the featured videos, <laughs> extra bonus content. Caleb reenacts his time at Bethel Reading. <laughs> I, I would, uh, yeah, I would gladly take money to do that. <laughs> Support whatever it is that we do here <laughs> at Bobcast. You know, all that's to say, so the, the main pastor there, Bill Johnson, basically he started considering the concept of the kingdom of heaven and thinking about, okay, well, hey, when you go and you look in the Bible and the gospels and in Acts and this kind of stuff, I mean, you're seeing deliverance and healing all over the place. Uh, and especially whenever Jesus was talking and preaching about the kingdom, you get all these people healed and the, the blind see, the leprous are cured, the lame walk. And, you know, hey, Jesus tells us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Johnson then comes to the conclusion Conclusion that, okay, well, wow, well, in heaven, there's no sickness, okay, there's no cancer, there's no cripples, there's no blindness, there's no poverty. That is how it should have been. That's how it is in heaven. Well, now we need to bring all of that down to earth as it is in heaven, so it must be on earth. And so they have this idea of praying the kingdom down, basically, making the kingdom manifest on earth to the point where the heavenly realities of the eternal age. Age, the world to come are occurring here and now and so they can reclaim cities create christianized governments which which they do have large control over the city of reading in california this is why they they believe you know hey you can go and name it and claim it if it's true in the spiritual realm in the heavenly places then it can be declared and decreed ex nihilo out of nothing you can declare and decree it and make it happen okay if i say you are cured you are cured if i say that you you're going to be healed of your cancer. You're you're healed. If I say you're going to be rich, you're going to be rich. You just need the faith to receive it. So they're taking this idea of a miracle-filled heavenly kingdom, bring it onto earth, and then they make the claims that the miracles started happening all over the place when they started following this. 
I wasn't as close to the action as you, but I've seen a little bit of this myself. I was invited to visit a church once, and Bethel actually has a school. Uh, they call it the Bethel, at least they used to. I don't know if it's still called this, but the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Mm-hmm. And they train people with this ability to supposedly be able to do these miracles and such. And so I was invited by a friend to go visit a church far away from Redding, California. And they had a guest, well, it was a couple, a husband and wife, guest speakers from the Bethel School of the Supernatural Ministry. And basically their presentation was at various degrees of name it and claim it. The opening line has always stuck with me. Uh, they get up there, the first thing they say, have you ever laughed at the devil? Let's laugh at the devil. And everybody around me, there was hundreds of people in this gathering and they just all start laughing. It's like, wait, what? Like, where does the Bible tell us that? But then the rest of the presentation, yeah, it's name it and claim it. You know, it's claim victory. I release healing on you. you grab hold of that healing. Take hold of it. It's yours. And I can see the appeal of it. I mean, it, obviously people want to be healed. People want to be healthy they want to be prosperous but for one thing this isn't the way that according to god's will things work out in this world this isn't the way he's given us to live and also too it doesn't work it doesn't happen like they say you these miracles will happen and so forth and if you just have enough faith they will and then they don't it's a bill of goods that's a good way to describe it i mean this this bill of goods let's say i have a leg injury and they pray over me okay god has given you that healing the healing has happened the reason why i wouldn't be seeing it take effect i still have that that leg injury let's say it's hurting It won't become activated until I step out in faith and actually believe that it is healed. Once I lay claim the declaration that the healing is true, then I will be healed. So in other words, you need to exercise faith. Otherwise, you have a lack of faith, a faith that does not move in the supernatural or divine if you know, you you don't actually get that healing. There are certain aspects where you can take it a little farther. One of the interesting things that, that started getting taught when I was there, basically an idea of astral projection, this idea of ascension into heaven, making your spirit ascend into heaven. This is something that's been around in Christian mysticism for a long time, but, you know, some of the things I was hearing in it were just kind of getting a little uh, extraordinary or like just a little crazy, even for normal mysticism. You can lay down and you basically start uh, meditating you know, you start emptying your mind, listen to some nice, soothing praise music, and focus on sending your spirit or soul up into the heavenly places, uh, into the third heaven, they would say, where you can access, say, the throne room of God, the grand courtroom. And there he has lined around the throne room this library full of tomes, uh, books of knowledge. You can go and take a book from the shelf on anything you want to know. Uh, you know, what wiped out the dinosaurs? Do aliens exist? Uh, I need a new business plan, a new business venture to get rich. You can take these tomes off the shelf, read them. And then when you go back down, you make your spirit go back down to earth. You take that knowledge with you. You're literally downloading from the cloud. <laughs> 
whole new meaning. <laughs> oh, or something like that. In an even more remarkable manner, um, they would say things like, God has a factory in heaven of body parts, where he, he actually manufactures and produces various parts of the body. Um, you know, taking the text from Jeremiah, I knew you in the womb, uh, I've knitted together your innermost parts. He has this factory in heaven. He's the creator. He gives us all these things. Let's say, uh, Andrew, you're missing an arm, or let's say you have pancreatic cancer. Uh, I don't know why I'm fixated on pancreas uh pancreas i don't know but pancreas pancreo pancreas pancreas <laughs> pancreomen pancreate <laughs> gotta gotta conjugate that verb <laughs> well the, these pancreas decline that verb pancreomitha um <laughs> so we pancreai okay well we're gonna just skip the pancreas let's just say you have a uh, a brain tumor so you're you're missing an arm or you have a brain tumor or let's say uh if i may you fornicated and uh had lost your virginity okay these are three specific examples that, wow. that i've heard them say now now, I can soar up into the heaven, go into this manufacturing plant, and I can bring back down for you a brand new arm, a brand new whole brain, or I can even restore your virginity. New brain sounds pretty nice, not gonna lie. New brain? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we've all been there. Year year three of seminary, I could I could use a fresh one. <laughs> <laughs> well, just apply to Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry today. <laughs> you too can have a new brain. But well, you see my point here. Um, basically, they can go up into this factory, grab onto these whole new things, even something such as virginity. They say it can be materialized from the heavens into the earthly realm. I don't exactly know or even talking about at this point with that. I mean, we're, we're basically turned into little creators where we can just speak and again, ex nihilo out of nothing, make a whole new people. You know, we can fashion man from nothing, if that's the case. That's the sort of things that they were teaching. And this was some, you know, I don't know, nine years ago at this point. And they've continued with these sort of things and even gone in other extremes since I've been there. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It's really strange that this is the route that they've chosen to go. Thinking about as you say that, though, it's really interesting that, and we kind of touched on this tangentially but not directly when we had Rudy Manrique on talking about worship about how they have this idea of going up into the heavens where God is I guess as reformed people we can understand the impulse to want that but at the same time there is a way that God has given us to do that God has prescribed means whereby we may approach him whereby we may commune with him one particularly that comes to mind here is the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And through the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, by the working of the Holy Spirit, our hearts are lifted up to the presence of God. That's why, for instance, in the United Reformed Churches, in our communion forms, our Lord's Supper forms, we will say this, the minister will say, lift up your hearts, and then we, the congregation, respond, we lift them up to the Lord. So there is a way, as Christians, where our hearts are lifted up to the presence of the Lord, but it's to commune with Him, it's to receive the gospel afresh and anew to our senses because of our weakness, 
It's not this vending machine where I'm doing this to get the things I want in this life, the healing, the miracles. And this goes back to what we talked about earlier. What is the end of miracles? What is the purpose of miracles? Is it so that we can be better and have better lives? No, the purpose of miracles is the validation, the affirmation, the work of the word, the work of the gospel. And this system at Bethel and places that practice similar things is just a complete usurpation of that. And not only that, but in many ways, it's a form of theological gaslighting. It's theological abuse because what this system allows, it's all based on your faith. And so if it doesn't work, it's not that we taught you something that's wrong. It's your fault because you don't have the faith to make it work. To take that one more step too. In all of this, there's such a minimizing of the deadliness in the consequences of sin. You know, there, there's very little talk of the actual uh, gospel of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins and then the regeneration, the consecrating of the believer. In fact, Bethel coming from, say, the tradition of Pentecostalism and thereby also the tradition of the Wesleyan holiness movement in the 19th century and the Kasekians, they have an assumption of perfectionism, right? Sinless perfectionism. Because they believe that they are loved and accepted by Christ, they therefore do not sin. In fact, unless they are conscientiously committing a, a grievous sin, such as say, uh, I mean, like murder or something, burglary, they are essentially living sinless, perfect lives in their mind. So there is no need then for this external means of grace in really the in the word in its ministry or in the sacraments in their administration for our sanctification. Well, yeah, there's no need to continually partake on and feed on Christ if you have no sin, no sin, no salvation. The problem is we all do sin and we all are in continual need of Christ's grace. Even in Christ, I mean, as we confess in the Heidelberg, our best works in this life even now are stained with sin. It completely minimizes sin and its effects and its continuing effects because we all do sin in this life. If we're all honest with ourselves, we all daily, hourly, moment by moment transgress the law of God. We don't live up to his standard. And the problem with these movements on top of the many other problems is they do away with that recognition. They ignore sin. They pretend like sin isn't a problem. And so instead, you have people chasing after miracles, chasing after this experience, all the while neglecting what their soul needs the most, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the salvation, the assurance that comes of being justified, of being sanctified in him. Right. This kind of line of thinking takes on kind of an assumption or a, a role of man being co-redeemers, uh, going and redeeming every single avenue in and on earth to bring people back into relationship with Christ. Uh, the spirit is basically just a power that gets put in you to do that. We pretty much become the agents of redemption. That's the purpose of miracles, you know, for them. This would be an absolute fascinating topic to take in a little bit more in detail on page 54, Bob Inc. starts to explain a little bit more about miracles, and he starts first with Christ. Um, he starts off in saying that towards the top of the page there, this person of Christ is itself a miracle. Basically, Christ's origin, his essence, his words, his works. 
He is, as Andrew's been saying throughout this episode and in the last episode, Christ is the miracle of world history. Christ in his work, both in his earthly ministry and then in his heavenly ministry, now sitting on the throne, reigning over all things, he displayed power in the signs of his kingdom dominion. Bobbing talks about how Christ's work in miracles displays power over nature, power over the consequences of sin, such as our, our misery, the afflictions in this life, and power over sin itself, the flesh, and Satan. When Christ goes and ascends into heaven, he's exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father, and he sends his spirit to the apostles. The apostles continued to do miracles that testified to what? His gospel work that he did, his resurrection, his exaltation, and session. The miracles in the early church were never about merely bringing people into the church or introducing them to the relationship of Christ or walking in their destiny. Miracles were all about pointing to Christ's glory and exaltation for who he is, the son of God. You see this all throughout Jesus' ministry, in his teachings and in his miracles. There's always the presenting issue, like someone is sick, someone has died, someone is confused even, as for matters of correction and teaching. But Christ is always interested in the bigger problem, the bigger issue, which is sin. And it is the need for salvation, the need for redemption, the bringing in of his kingdom. That is what Christ is for. And these miracles are all towards that end. It's not for us to have a better life, an easier life, for the problems of life to be alleviated. Yes, in his ministry, he did those things for certain people, but they were to point to the greater reality, which is eternal reality, the ultimate reality that as a people saved by Christ, we have eternal hope. We have eternal life. We have the promise of a world where every tear will be wiped away, where there will be no sickness, no death, no wildfires, no storms, no pandemics, no anything of the sort. It will all be gone and we will live forever in the presence of our God. We can concede a certain manner of like, well, yes, uh, the things in miracles say in, in the way of special revelation was for the purpose of restoration and recreation for bringing about the kingdom. And yes, we are involved. We Christians, the church are involved in this. Uh, the spirit works through Christians to the praise and glory of his name when we gather as the church and witness to others. But uh, basically their, their main problems is over-realized eschatology. So as we're longing for this eternal age for the age to come we have to be on guard and we need to be careful to not expect and not demand too much of that in the present age because it's not going to happen it's not supposed to happen this age is about primarily one thing which is god bringing in a people for his name that's the main goal of this age we can get this over-realized eschatology where we want to experience the benefits of the age to come, the things of the age to come in the here and now, but they're not for the here and now. So the church's purpose in this age is the gospel, is the proclamation of the gospel, is the nourishing of people by the means of grace. That's what the church is for. These other things... 
not only are they all these other problems, they're potent, they're incorrect, they're potentially abusive, they're false, but they're also just at the end of the day a distraction from the main thing, from the main goal, the main purpose. That is a mic drop, Andrew. <laughs> bring in the fire there as bob inc says the central content of special revelation is the person and work of christ and this is whom we proclaim and that's a place we're gonna have to stop there for now we finished up this chapter and we'll uh, join you again next time until then tot zines tot zines thank you for listening to bobcast If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review where you get your podcasts. For the latest Bobcast news and updates, visit Bobcast.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Bobcast is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Subscribe to the Society of Reformed Podcasters feed to hear more great theological content. Music is City of God by Rudy Manrique. We hope you'll join us again next time.